Welcome to LiveTrader.com podcast. The content here is for informational purposes only, should not be taken as legal business text or investment advice, and be used to evaluate any investment or security, or be directed to any investors, potential investors, and LiveTrader fund. For more details, please see LiveTrader.com forward slash disclosures. Hello traders, welcome to Wall Street Secrets, and this will be part two of risk management. So it's a compilation of the highlights from my past trading experiences, all of which are relevant to managing risk and staying in the game. So my hope of compiling this best of risk management part two is that you have to go to reference by times when you need to sharpen your risk controls as well as draw your attention to some of the elements of risk management that may have gone unnoticed. So the first question I'm getting from my readers is that do you have any core principles around managing risk? So the original thing I'm saying about when you say you might be going to risk ultimately 10% of that trade and you're going to be comfortable with that 10% of risk because you need to stay in the game as long as possible and then consider the win-loss ratio. You got to expect you're going to lose many times so this can be factored into that 10% risk now you could actually have some ideas of how to trade the markets because you're over that and anything else you're feeling negatively is probably a sign that you're doing something wrong and this is a terrible cycle against you because it's dangerous to get into this cycle it's that do not average into a losing position and when i was trading for h1 we have a list of rules and one of them is that i would have a strong sell on stocks that are weak and i love that rule because because to really capture what moves you have to not fall into believing that as perceived perception of pricing too high or too low and not releasing that high and lows always being tested and the markets could be forming new highs and lows you see the market is constantly in the state of flux and there's no saying what's going to happen in the future because so you need to know that when i start to trade aggressively or not before just to buy at a low price and then i was going to buy a little bit lower because there's no definition of what that means now, great risk management principle is when you can still think objectively, even when we have big down days and not seeing it rattle our confidence that you're seeing a trader. Still be able to walk up to the office or perhaps in your trading terminal, head high with a big smile on your face, and you knew for a fact that the guy that was down a massive amount on that day. I was talking about tens of thousands of dollars. And then again, that you have the right mindset, that you did not have to be a professional trader to tell that, and then turn up the next day like I'm gone. I'm freaking scared. I'm scared to kick them out. So no, you do it to execute a trading plan so it makes you stronger. And that's the one thing I learned throughout my trading career that we made a big difference for me personally is understanding the support, understanding there's no such thing as a free trade. You know, in my early days of trading, I was talking about always looking for that free trade and deviate from my trading plan, which is a big problem because I found that if I would 
keep moving my stop loss to break even in the early days of my trading is although it's comforting and it is comforting to know that your risk is eradicated on that trade by thinking that you would found a strategy that works but in actuality it didn't work because the markets keeps coming back and take me out and then going in the direction when i was sitting next to a huge trader that took me onto his wing and we actually poke about this and i said you know I just got stopped out at break even gain and that and that damn market move. I thought it would and he said to me, Why are you moving to break even? And I said, I bought this, you know, this level, you know, the the stock has moved up about twenty-six cents and I don't want to take the news on it at that point. And he said to me, Look, if you buy it support right, which is why you got in that trade and it goes off twenty-six cents on a dollar. And it comes back to the support level what are you doing you're just scratching the trade and puking right into support because you don't want to lose that money it doesn't make sense you'll be hit out and you're focused on the PL. and he said to me trade the fucking market you know don't trade your PL. and it was really really powerful lesson for me and that epiphany has helped me tremendously over the years in increasing my consistency and locking in large profits as the markets move in my favor. I've seen people that maybe go in a predetermined price and say that 40 bucks, well, I'm moving my stops to break even now to make this a free trade. So I've got nothing to worry about. Thinking nothing to worry about is not a strategy. How about thinking that you're risking 90 cents to make 10 cents and people make a huge mistake of not realizing that risk and reward evolves during the trade. It is not a static concept that you have it and you trade on set so you can start a trade and we're going for a sweet one with the risk and reward points in the trade where you have a massively diminished trade and the odds is now against you. So this was again something that I learned from a very large trader is that basically not to trade my PL and by constantly looking for the free trade and remember the risk and reward evolves and it was a very powerful lesson i learned in my career of trading the next question from wall street secrets reader is how do you determine whether or not the trade has a both a risk to reward ratio before entering the trade do you have a profit target or how do you judge that before getting into that trade and this is one of my favorite questions so where will i get into when i'm looking at before placing a trade I have an idea where I'm going to book profits and I have a fair idea where I'm going to be wrong on that trade. What is the maximum risk? So the remaining thing I got to think about is the risk and reward ratio. Is it good enough to marry take and trade now? I'm guessing a lot of traders I thought 2 to 1 always go for 3 to 1 ratio or what have you. And that is good, don't get me wrong. The higher the higher the risk and reward ratio is, the better it is, or I wouldn't dispute that. But what I would say is that it's dependent on the trade and it is dependent on your risk and reward ratio combined with your strike rate. If you have a strike rate, for example, you do not need 
a high risk and reward ratio to make money so i'm aware that i can get away because my strike rate with risk and reward ratio is one to three and i do not like going lower than one to three although i've worked out over time i can get away with it then but in general i am looking for one to two or higher right now obviously you want to get a risk and reward ratio as high as possible so that one of the things i do is try to establish very early on in this trade is this how many should be the key question because a lot of traders get into a trade finding that managing the trade is the hardest thing and a lot of time managing ups and downs is hard because you don't know if you have an expectation of where you think it is going to go i just see the market lighting up and react to that is a bit overdone to the upside or downside now you could have an idea of what i try to do is i try to have two types of trades i have those where i feel the market is poised from a higher time frame and to make a big move then i'm gonna get in on a lower time frame at the four hours chart or even 60 minutes chart and try to answer that trade and sometimes sometimes even for longer to try and capitalize on a bigger move but the other type of trade is where i will literally play from one level to the next in a week so my hair support and trade up to the next level and as you would expect i find trades where i run onto a high time frame will be the ones that pay out in terms of giving me a higher risk and reward ratio but that will only got one to one risk and reward i would even take a two to one risk and reward trade and i'm still gonna take that trade because i'm gonna make my stops tighter to make my reward target bigger but you are completely ignoring the structure of the markets because you're trying to impose the recent reward on the market and to me that's crazy because you got the market and the market doesn't give a shit about your race and reward ratio so if you're not trying to randomly impose a race and reward ratio think again it's where a lot of people got wrong the next lesson I learned from the trading floor, especially having access to someone more experienced about risk, is that traders often or don't even think about or just plain simply don't ask themselves why I guess. I guess the first interesting question, one of this is the definition of the question because, because to be a risk manager, you focus more on what there is to lose instead of what there is to gain. Or do you focus on both for somewhat equal weights? Now most traders leave a lot of money on the table on the upside and how can we take some of that money off the table? I think this is an interesting question. Now the types of risks that are either hidden or unknown are described by Nicholas Nassim Talib as black swan risks. I guess partly I'm answering this question in a timely manner because of the coronavirus pandemic causing markets to drop more than 20% in a few days like what we have seen in 2020 and we have recently benefited even from black swan events like this and like what Nassim Talib described in this book you should have a basket of insurance and a basket of options that benefit from black swan events like the movie the big shot when you bleed a little over time and when it comes to a large event the returns can be enormous most people do not have this and it's kind of like entrepreneurship if you look at the amazons and the ubers of the world those tech companies bleed a little over the years and eventually make the big bucks when a company say go public 
Now we humans are not evolved to think like that. It's much more comforting to get a consistent small, comforting to get a consistent small gains over time and and tolerate blowups. And Ponzi schemes operate on this very premise. So how do we think about this sort of thing as a risk manager, and how do traders need to walk up to these unknown black swan events and protect your capital? What people usually miss is something that's so fragile traders do not even think about. I think one of the main things about trading is that it teaches you to be more disciplined, knowing that you could put on a trade on Wall Street, and it might go your way so that you're up. It's up to you what you do with it from there. Do you add on to the position, or do you take a loss? You also get to reconfigure your trading and see why that is not working in your favor. There are times you just get disappointed with those choices you make, and you know timing is everything. So you may have the right reading, and you put out the runtime, and then you're on. Then you're gonna just figure out where to go from there. Now, one of the things as trader put on size, and that's what really turns the tide for me during a winning streak. I sometimes got too comfortable putting on a trade because I was making more money for everybody, but for me, I felt that with me, and I knew my risk that I was very comfortable. And I think that being comfortable with the risk that you're taking is one of the stepping stones of being a successful trader. Actually, if I can completely divorce myself from money, I know that's hard to do. If you can get away from the money and just focus on the markets and making good trades, you'll be distracted by those things. I'm a big believer in trading your own money. If you want to trade someone else's money, just be really careful, especially it's your family's money or grandma's pension money. One of the things that happens when you start trading with a live account. Is to really enjoy the challenge of the hill and climbing up the hill. Why risk management is king, and why gambling isn't such a dirty word. Over the years, we have been modeling and managing risk for hedge fund, and that entry is an important thing for most people. And another thing is the bankroll and risk management that truly matters. So let's use the case of the casino as an example. When you are taking risks of any kind, you're playing a game of change, and you know a lot of work that we have done has been aimed at treating markets as if the random, and it's absolutely not random at all. It's nothing about the markets in the first place because what we found is that the very interesting things that can be discovered if you start in and have studied them. And you start thinking about the markets as if they were random. The kind, the way to kind of understand how it can be created through models. So if you think about a casino and the typical casino, the whole bunch of different games with table games and slots, and and they have created batting limits across those games, and they are all games of chance. The reason I'm bringing this now to you because it is really important if you knock on hundred doors in your neighborhood, for instance, and you say I'm doing a survey. What do you think? You know, very large percentage of people will have an image of this guy. Like it's no better betting on black and get stuck in Vegas. But if you go back to the next door and you say, how would you like to own a casino? Now all of a sudden, everybody said. It will be fun on some level. What's the difference at the casino? Isn't gambling? 
with the player on every hand that they play. What we're talking about here is the age and it would be the mathematical age casinos lose all the time in various beats and various games. And that is because of the age they've built into the game. It's actually the structure of the games and to lesser extent structures some of the play. But at the end of the day, what we're doing is grinding out. And to do something about this hands-on way to me about how can I control the decks, it doesn't really necessarily have to mean anything, you know. It's not realistically to trade in a single market, for instance, today with very few occurrences and expect a replicator entirely from the risk model. You need to have an advantage on risk management. You're having the ability in the markets that is unique to set your own payouts. Nobody knows. Casinos lets you walk up and say, I love to play this game. Am I totally comfortable with your, you know, what your 1% of whatever it is based structural advantage you have in the game. And here's the deal. You only have to give me a 3 to 1 recent reward in blackjack or when you give me chips or anything i'll give you one shirt because no one's ever gonna give you those odds because they cannot win right that's what i'm talking about in the markets nobody says to you that nobody tells you how to create your bad instructions so you know if you want to do you want to raise three points and every time you get well your risk math is inverted as we call it so yeah get a couple of what was 43 enders at peace and you're gonna have a lot of one to tens. You're gonna have to call back. Or what you can say, I don't care if I have a 20% win rate or 15% win rate, whatever that's not gonna get. After accepting the risk, I missed 10 times. So accepting the risk and I made 10 times my money or whatever number is, you're probably not gonna like it psychologically because it doesn't mean for a second. And that's not the best application. It's gonna make you the most money. Typically, for what makes you feel, feel the best as a discretionary trader. When we say being a trader and general discussion, leaving discretionary trader is about managing the discomfort. And it never gets any different over the years. When I was in my early years of trading, I'm always kept thinking I'm not making the right decision. And you know, it's something that you have to settle in and realize that and make sure that it's not influencing you. You should react and how you should manage your position or put on a position at all. So that's really what we're talking about. What we talk about the importance of that stuff. But if you're focused on me, the syndicated lines up and that's what you think you're going to do. You're going to make your money. It's not hard. And even if it's, it's not hard. And, and even if it is the kind of inefficiency exists in the markets, so the market eventually find it and you rent it obsolete. So, you know, you really have to be focused on how to manage your money or not only have a risk management in place, but it's going to be, and at the same time, you're going to be have to adapt to changes. Most people that pointed at a result, they don't want to be adaptable. They don't want it that they want to go to the beach for a year now and I'm just print money and that's the dream a lot of people get sucked into. And I'm sorry to say that there's no light at the end of that time 
on the subject of risk management here because is there anything in particular you have to get noticed amongst traders on a retail level they often don't think about or consider when it comes to risk and i guess lastly that they have a tough time being profitable i think there's a way to sort of define your max pain i was going to trade but it really all that alone isn't really to think about you definitely have to have those components of striving to a recent world of say one to five and really understand your typical average win what your average losses and that's a very complex issue because some people scale out only and some people scale in but not scale out and depending on what the strategy is all these things are theoretical percentage so in other words you use it as a divisor to create your trade size if you're trading 12 stock trades in a year for example when the maximum capital at every use is about 33 percent so it's about 50 blocks the year so it's about 150 dollars well if you want to buy in that 150 into your equity in that account understand what is on a percentage basis so if you lose on that trade what is the percentage of your equity are you going to lose and then so now understand let's say it's one percent so you're risking one percent of your equity theoretically all that is enough because because most of the time you don't know how many occurrences you're going to have trading eight trades in a day with trading once a day or you know how many times over the course of advanced occurrences do you have and how does that play into it so you might be asking the next question what sort of developing a risk model of that it's based on having a typical or maybe one to three events max per day trading this one market and all of a sudden reading 20 charts in a day it's okay i got my stuff and all of that stuff i think the other thing we see again this goes back to the psychology of try to mitigate the pain which is very common in general trying too hard to achieve a little result or effectiveness of the strategy solely on its linear ability to produce results on every single series of portraits very often i hear traders say that i want to have three wins and one loss and when i can get a loss and when we can get a loss and when i'm not even joking people really cannot have stuff like that because you have to accept things you know starting to stop over analyzing every individual trades that doesn't mean anything because it only seems like it does what's happened with that really has nothing to do with anything so you want to stop analyzing well if i lose this trade it must mean that i made a mistake and if i win this trade it must mean that I, i'm pretty smart right unfortunately a lot of people think that way and the truth is neither true it's just you win some you lose some and it's just part of the game your trading have to become very comfortable with that and so people start thinking about blocks of trades and we say for typical trader a day trader a swing trader you wouldn't be analyzing anything statistically evaluating risk model until you've got months worth of trades because the idea of whatever happened today is your loss tomorrow and get back to the drawing board you know i gonna change my model i like fully stuff this model it's broken but you don't know that it is just you know it's free of inconsequential so these things what fits the back back in the drawing board 
in the keep going back to drink from a well that doesn't even have any water in it and eventually they lose interest in trading now the typical average retail account attrition is inside of three months and to the average person interested in active trading to open an account a live account it doesn't last three months so it doesn't mean that they close out all of their accounts it just means that for whatever reason and a big number of them are the people that we have experienced and interacted with from that world that are definitely ending up in that line of failure is it's not because they're building their account out or because they don't have what it takes to be a trader it's because they know they're focusing on entries hyper analyzing on each other individual traits and using that ammo to quantify success or failure going back to the wheel trying to create a new model rinse repeat print the 40th backtest repeat so that i mean and it's not most of them never get to the point where we could have a discussion about what's wrong with the risk model out of a developer task jumping around strategies instead of gaining instead of going an inch wide and a mile deep they go a mile wide and an inch deep i hope you enjoyed this episode of wall street secrets and if you're on apple podcast or spotify or any other podcast please subscribe to this to get future episodes Consider the Live Trader Network. More than 1,500 alumni, more than 15 countries around the world. Find out more at tradeonwallstreet.com. Thanks for listening to the Live Trader Podcast. If you like what you heard, please leave a rating or comment on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Plus, you can get future updates for email and future shows, transcripts, video tutorials. Just visit our website at livetrader.com.